So just a quick message before we go into the podcast. Resourcing Tomorrow is Europe's largest and most in-depth mining conference dedicated to the global sustainability goals and is coming to London this November. The Minds and Money event will be held at the Business Design Centre on the 29th of November to the 1st of December. Companies like Rio Tinto, Barrack, Madden and Anglo-American are attending alongside 2,000 other decision makers, mining leaders, policy makers, investors, innovators and educators from over 75 countries around the world for three days of learning, deal-making and paralleled networking. It gives you a chance to see some of the majors and juniors, uh, what they're forecasting, heading into next year, and you'll be able to catch up with like-minded professionals in the industry. So don't delay and book your tickets now at resourcingtomorrow.com and use the code DIGDEEP10 in capital letters to receive 10% off your pass. These details will be posted in the show notes accompanying this podcast. Now onto this episode. Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Seth Reeves, who's the MD of Tesoro Resources, who are an Australian public listed company with an exploration stage gold asset in Chile, and are in the process of carrying out a significant drilling program at its flagship El Zorro project um, to establish and uh, to identify and establish targets. Um, Zeph is a geologist with an, uh, an executive with over 20 years' experience in the resources uh, sector, with a significant management and operational experience in the gold and base metals um, sectors within Australia and overseas. And he's going to tell us, um, he's going to talk, talk about the company um, and their flagship project. Um, he's also going to be speaking at the upcoming Minds and Money event in London um, at the end of November. Uh, so to be sure to obviously reach out to him there in person um, if you've got any further questions. So that's welcome, uh, Zeph, to the uh, podcast. How are you doing, Zeph? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Rob. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Here, here in the UK, you uh, you in Perth. So we're recording this on a Wednesday, so it's a hump day. So it's yeah, all good. That's right. Um, so yeah. Just wonder if you can just tell our audience a little bit about, about yourself, about your career, about your background, um, and then obviously we can talk more about um, Tesoro Resources in more detail. Yeah, sure, Rob. Um, yeah, I'm obviously a geologist by background. I've also uh, have a business degree, an MBA. But, um, look, I spent probably a, a lion's share of the first 10-odd years of my career working in underground mines here in Western Australia, uh, predominantly gold and nickel, uh, nickel mines. Um, and, uh, and as my career progressed, I sort of ended up working in um, projects right through from greenfields exploration um, into feasibility, um, getting projects financed, um, constructed and uh, also producing. But uh, it was probably um, I found myself in South America or nearly 
15, 20 odd years ago now with a with a junior explorer um, initially in Brazil. And uh, with that junior explorer, we did something with them, not dissimilar to what we've done with Tesoro in having a look at the geology a little bit differently in a region that wasn't necessarily uh, famous as a gold district. I identified a, a new style of mineralisation and, and delineated that and sold that project to a um, to a to a major gold producer. So uh, through that experience in Brazil, we established another company um, which had an operating gold mine in um, in in uh, Goiás State in in Brazil, and I also found myself in Chile uh, probably around about fifteen years ago and really spent a lion's share of my career uh, operating in Chile on mining projects um, at various different stages right through from grain fields through to production and uh, have um, done a lot of work with our, uh, our co-founder and um, close colleague of mine, Sergio Arribe, who um, operates at the Tesoro business in, in country in Chile. So, yeah, I've had a broad experience. I've also, I guess, my um, my family have, uh, through my father, have had uh, interest in, in uh, electrical engineering contracting businesses here in Western Australia, building mines, uh, oil and gas facilities, heavy industrial facilities. and that. So I've also been in and out of that business for a fair part of my career. Um, so I've got a you know a very broad business background and, and commercial background as well, and you know obviously that's bolstered with the MBA. So um, you know I've, I've had a fairly varied experience as um, through my career, um, probably compared to to most most geologists. Yeah, would you say obviously you just mentioned that you've been in other industries and your obviously family been in other industries? Have you taken some of some of the, the things that you've learned in other industries and, and applied it into the mining industry. Um, and it may be something that's not necessarily in the mining industry, but you've taken it from, from engineering, from other industries that you've Yeah, look, ab- absolutely. Particularly when it has a mining project moves through, I guess, past feasibility into that development and construction phase. You know, that business that I've uh, been in and out of here is... is, um, is Basically, uh, it constructs mines and, and oil and gas facilities, so it gives you a, quite a good grounding on you know the mechanics of how those contracts operate and um, the large logistical efforts, if you like, to, to get a you know a complex, multidisciplined um, group of uh, people together to, to build a, a mine and a processing plants and all of those sorts of things. So um, you know that's really been valuable experience, and obviously. Um, Having a lot more experienced people around is always good to leverage off that knowledge and, and try to understand as much as possible. So it certainly has offered a, a you know a good breadth of experience that I've been able to use um, not only in the in the mining industry but um, just you know in general when looking at contracts or any of the legal documents that you seem to get bombarded with nowadays uh, operating an um, exploration development company. One thing you can just tell us a little bit more about Tesoro Gold. Yeah, so Tesoro was founded in 2017 by myself um, and Sergio Arriba in Chile and one of our other non-executive directors, uh, Jeff McNamara. So Jeff and I go back 20-odd years or 25 years of, of 
knowing each other. We used to uh, work in a deep underground gold mine here in Western Australia, Bounty Gold Mine, which is now um, a large lithium project. But uh, back in those days, we didn't like the pegmatites. They used to stope out the, um, the gold ore body. Um, but that was a deep underground mine. And, and Jeff and I have uh, remained um, in contact uh, ever since. And, um, it, and I was obviously working in Chile with uh, Sergio on various things. And we came across, a, 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 well, we started to look at the geology of Chile a little bit differently. You know, I think geologists have got a, a habit of trying to classify and pigeonhole deposits and mineral systems as, you know, they're porphyry or they're epithermal or, or whatever. And I guess myself and, and a couple of the other guys that uh, have really been um, integral in the delineation discovery bizarre, we, I guess we think about things a little bit differently and um, don't necessarily uh, have tunnel vision on what can and cannot exist in a certain geological Area, so we had to look at Chile a little bit differently, and we identified there's some potential for some different styles of mineralisation um, in parts of the coastal belt. Uh, we identified this tract of um, ground, uh, which is at, up in the Atacama Desert, right on the coast, about 900 kilometres north of Santiago. And um, Sergio and I worked on the uh, the underlying owner, the original owner of that of those concessions um, for about three years before we actually got the deal done. And we got a deal done in 2017. Um, and myself and Jeff and Serge funded funded all of that work and some of the initial drilling that we did when we got our hands on it. And that was, the deal was done on an initial 1,500 hectares of concessions. Um, today, Tesoro is in control of over 600 square kilometres of concessions in what we think is a, a major new gold district in Chile. So um, Tesoro was run as a private company from, from getting that initial concession holding back in 2017 and we listed the company on the ASX uh, via reverse takeover of a, of a listed shell in uh, February 2020. So um, since then we've now drilled uh, in excess of 105,000 metres of drilling into the project. We've defined a, you know, a significant um, gold resource of over 1.1 million ounces, which continues to grow. And um, we think we've got our hands on a, on a very attractive gold project. Um, Tesoro's El Zorro gold project um, is obviously a unique style of deposit in Chile. Um, how significant is it? And how did you sort of come across this uh, uh, this resource? Yeah, look, look, as I sort of intimated in what I've just said, but I think one of the key um, elements is to not is to be very open-minded and let the geologists um, run amok, so to speak. You know, let them come up with crazy ideas and, and work through each of those um, individually and, you know, provide it um, evidence based on, you know, the geological observations that we're seeing. And, um, you know, we're able to do that in, I guess, identifying large tracts of new ground that were previously overlooked for various reasons. Um, and mainly because in Chile we see defined mineral belts, which are either defined as, you know, copper porphyry belts or epithermal gold belts or IOCG-style copper gold belts. 
Um, and certainly no one was looking in what we now call the El Zorro gold belt for, for gold deposits. And, um, you know, the, the style of deposit that uh, we believe it is is an intrusive related gold system. Um, it's very typical or similar to the Tintina province in North America. Uh, the rocks are, are a different age to most other mineral deposits in Chile. Uh, there's no base metals at all associated with the gold um, and very low silver. Uh, so it's quite unusual and it's given us a, obviously a massive commercial advantage in going to look for these things because no one else is a, looking for them and we believe that at this stage um, we're the ones who have got the, the, the key to the, to the treasure box, so to speak, on what characteristics are required from right from a regional perspective down to the deposit scale and what's required to form these deposits in Chile. So um, putting all that together, letting letting the geos loose, uh, so to speak, has been a, a key part of it. Um, and, you know, we're blessed at, at El Zorro with having a project where all the rocks stick out of the ground. So we're able to get our guys on the ground there. They can look at the geology and um, we can start to build up that, you know, that evidence of, of mineralisation and prospectivity based off direct geological observations, which has been a huge benefit. So, um, you know, and that's resulted in us going from that original little 1,500 hectare bunch of concessions that we did the original deal on to us realising that this is potentially a, you know, major district-scale gold um, new, new gold system in Chile that's got significant um, potential to host multiple million ounce plus gold deposits. What's the key success to, to Zorro, um, which is, has led uh, with its work at El Zorro um, and delineating a million plus ounce resource in a relatively short period of time? Yeah, a number of things obviously that go into um, being successful. One's access to capital. Um, we've always, you know, had a very supportive shareholder base that have been able to. Um, fund the activities and believe in what uh, the company is doing and, you know, being able to execute the work that we've set out to do without, um, you know, and, and always achieving those milestones. Uh, and the other the other part of it, uh, probably more from a technical perspective, is um, being on the ground early with a good team of people. Um, and as I said, not having any barriers up in terms of technically what is and isn't achievable. So uh, really letting our technical guys, um, you know, brainstorm different ideas, um, being able to um, drill diamond core early I think is critically important. Um, and, you know, to date we've actually only drilled diamond core in this project, but that's given us a massive um um, leg up the, uh, I guess, the knowledge curve in understanding what controls mineralisation at our Zorro and able to delineate that very um, quickly. And also just to pull in, you know, the, some good consultants and, uh, and other people not only to um, mentor and help our technical team but also to mentor and help um, myself and our board um, understand what's going on and what the true potential there is and not being afraid to test all those ideas, um, you know, through the, through the progression of the, of the project. And, look, we've drilled some pretty ambitious drill holes and some of them haven't always worked, but uh, it's also given us 
Um, sometimes the ones that don't work are perhaps the most important because they sort of help you unravel that puzzle uh, much, much faster. How do you go about identifying new targets um, at El Zorro? Um, and what is your success rate uh, when drilling them? Yeah, so as I as I said before, you know, the, the benefit of El Zorro is um, we've got a huge amount of surface geology that our guys can actually get on the ground and observe and directly sample. So it's really back to, you know, first principle geology, geological work. It's mapping and good structural mapping, good lithological mapping, identifying what the prospective host rocks are. Um, we've got Tenera, which is the deposit which hosts one, over 1.1 million ounces at the moment. Uh, that's sitting in the middle of it. We use that as a proxy to build that exploration model out. Um, our guys go off and map and identify prospective areas and are able to directly sample those rocks and um, assess them for potential for gold mineralisation. So, you know, that's a, 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 a very key um, point of difference, I think, in comparing us to other exploration companies, particularly those in Australia, whereby, um, you know, companies are looking at drilling uh, soil anomalies or geophysical anomalies and highly conceptual targets. We're actually, you know, trying to find outcropping ore deposits uh, that are sticking out of the ground. And um, so far we've identified um, over 10 highly prospective targets. We've drilled three of them. They've all had positive drill results. Uh, they all require more drilling. Um, so at the moment, in terms of drill success, based off that targeting, it's 100% success rate. Uh, but some of the new targets that we're finding from, from that basic work is uh, uh, substantially larger than what Tenera is as well. And, um, you know, we think that this uh, project really has the potential to host multiple, you know, one million ounce um, gold deposits. Uh, being on the coast and uh, close to the airport, um, El Zorro has a, an advantage, obviously, advantage with that location uh, for obviously developing a mine. Um, but isn't water and power uh, for, for these projects new uh, or an issue to, uh, to Chile? Yeah, look, in Chile, it certainly is a challenge um, in, in accessing water and power. Um, both are scarce, and there's some pretty, uh, pretty um, stringent restrictions on the use of groundwater and so on. Um, but this project is, you know, located in. I've never worked on a project that's located so well, supporting infrastructure and the ability to get power and water, and um, as well as workforce and everything. So we're only 13 kilometres from the coast. Uh, and we intend on using seawater for processing. Um, all of our network to date has been done using seawater with very good results. So we're up to 94.5% recovery at a, quite a coarse grind size in the Met. And in terms of power, we've got multiple power options. There's actually a, um, a, a grid line only 20 kilometres away, which has got more than enough capacity to run a gold mine. Um, there's a port 55 kilometres away and there's actually a gas importation hub being built. It's just been permitted and that's being built um, in the next year or two. And the company that actually owns that is also rolling out uh, power solutions for mine sites and, and remote townships in the region 
uh, with gas-fired power stations. So uh, that's other options that we're looking at um, for power. So, you know, there really is an advantageous location um, where we are. You know, so an hour's flight north of Santiago and 45 minutes in the car to get to the get to the site. So we're not at altitude. Uh, we don't have the restrictions around working at altitude. We don't have any restrictions on the groundwater issues because we've got the access to the seawater and, um, you know, it's providing a lot of work for our team to actually assess what is the best option because there's so many options rather than being funnelled down a particular pathway because it's the only option. So um, that infrastructure advantage um, is certainly going to be very beneficial in developing a gold mine at El Zorro. Um, what about the political environment in Chile at, at the moment um, and does it affect you as a company? Yeah, there's been no direct impact on us in terms of the political um, environment in Chile. So so Chile's go has been in the media for um, a couple of main things. One is the election of, uh, of a new president, um, which is more of a left-leaning but still centre-left type uh, political party. Um, with some potential changes around um, some of the uh, tax on, particularly on large copper mines, um, but they are only very small incremental um, tax increases that are actually on the table now. And, um, you know, just for context, if those tax increases were approved, it would still be a lower tax burden for a mining project in Chile than it would be for the same project in operating in Australia. Um, and the other major political um, thing that's been happening in Chile is uh, the, a, a movement to change the Chilean constitution. So the existing constitution is a Pinochet-era constitution, but it's undergone um, nearly 100 different amendments to kind of modernise it. But uh, there's a... Um, general consensus, so I think, amongst a majority of the population to have that constitution, um, you know, structurally changed um, to, to align it more, probably a, a lot more to what an Australian or a UK-style constitution is where there's clear separation between the judicial system and the political system and things like that. So they recently just had a, a constitutional congress which was tasked with writing up a proposal for a new constitution and, and Chile just recently had a plebiscite to vote for that new constitution. Unfortunately, the um, that constitutional committee had some fairly um, radical ideas which weren't endorsed by the population and it was um, not approved. So the existing constitution stays in place for now. Um, Chile uh, we're still working through additional amendments to that. I think that's where we'll see that land is that the existing constitutional will be amended some more to, to, to modernise it. Um, so in terms of um, what that means for mining projects, foreign investment and so on, it's pretty well business as usual. And uh, there's been some recent initiatives by the Chilean government to really reinvigorate uh, foreign investment into into Chile, and you know it's important to note that it's not only the mining industry that gets that attracts foreign investment in Chile. Chile's a, a major agricultural products um, exporter of um, produce, um, fruit, nuts, and um, avocados, things like that, as well as the mining industry, and a lot of that is is due to foreign investment and. Um, 
you know, there is a reason why Santiago is known as the Zurich of South America because it's where all the, the large international foreign banks have set up shop for, for operating in South America. So, look, as far as we see, uh, Chile's a, a great place to operate, um, certainly well and truly open for business and um, we don't perceive any uh, direct impacts on, on any of the political things going on on any, anything that Tesoro does. Obviously, talking about Chile and the, the rich history of mining within the country, what things have you sort of learned or come across or discovered um, from operating in the country that may be different from some of the other South American countries um, that, you've, uh, that you've worked in and maybe even Australia? Yeah, look, Chile is actually very similar to Australia in terms of its, I guess, operating capabilities within the country. So um, that long history of uh, mining and um, has certainly uh, equipped the country well with um, a, a very well-trained and um, an equipped workforce. So all the professionals that you would need to, to build and run mines, engineers, geologists, surveyors and metallurgists and so on are, are all um, all available in Chile as well as operators for, you know, machinery operation and, and so on. One thing the Chileans are really good at is mining very big open pit operations. Um, and what we found, I, I guess, um, you know, over my uh, years operating in Chile is there's uh, probably a small gap in the, or a gap in the market, if you like, between, say, the artisanal miners in Chile, um, sort of the one-man bands mining a small quartz vein somewhere and, and the large open-pit copper miners. There's a, there's a gap in the middle there of sort of these mid-size open-pit and underground mines, um, such as what El Zorro's looking like it's going to be. Um, so... Uh, there's some challenges there, um, but in saying that all those skills are there, they just need to be refined to, to operate at the scale that, you know, might be useful for, for Tesoro. But, um, yeah, that long, rich history of, of mining um, is certainly highly beneficial. You know, all the service providers are there. Um, the... Uh, the you know the third party service providers if you like they're all familiar with with engaging with mining companies and operating in um, with mining companies the environmental permitting process is very straightforward to be able to and you know there's consultants available that specifically work on mining projects so um, it's a really well equipped country for um, not only finding or deposits, but but developing them and operating them as well. Um, I've got a couple more questions. Just one thing, um, just tell us a little bit about the management team. Yeah, so we've got um, our board consists of myself as MD, uh, Jeff McNamara. So Jeff's a GO, as I mentioned, we go back a long time. Um, and we've also got an executive director, Linton Putland. He's a mining engineer uh, and he's running all of our uh, engineering studies and and all of our permitting work and so on um, to get a mine permitted at El Zorro. Uh, Linton's got a lot of experience, particularly in the gold sector, um, building, um, developing and, and 
running mines. Uh, another uh, non-exec director that we have is Christy Young. Um, Christy's also a mining engineer, uh, but she's got a very strong background um, in ESG and sustainable mining practices. And she really brings a lot of that experience and ideas to our board. Um, and that's important in Chile, you know, ultimately um, to have complete stakeholder success in getting a mine permitted in Chile, you, you need to be able to present a sustainable and environmentally uh, responsible mining project to, to, to get it permitted. And that includes, um, you know, aspects of renewable power and, and recycling of water and, and all of those types of things. And we've already got programs in place to, uh, to manage a lot of our flora and fauna issues that we come across when we're, um, when we're exploring, which includes um, identification of vulnerable species and, and um, transplanting those or putting them in nurseries for future um, planting and, and rehabilitation and those sorts of things. Um, so Christy's been been great in being able to um, offer her expertise um, in that and side of things. And uh, John Toll's our chairman, so John's got a, a strong background in um, corporate finance. He is actually a principal of a, a corporate advisory group here called Azua Capital. Uh, they do a lot of work with sort of in the mid tier space, mergers and acquisitions, and, and things like that. Um, and then in country, we have a, a very strong team. We've got Sergio Arriba. He's our general manager. So Serge and I have gone back, um, yeah, 15-odd years doing various things in Chile. Um, so he runs the day-to-day -day business there. Um, we've got a, our chief geologist in country, a guy called Ruben Cahuana. So he's our longest employee for Tesoro in country. So he's been with us since we started really back in 2017. He's been... Uh, uh, integral part of, of discovering um, El Zorro and delineating the gold resource at Tenera. And he's getting very excited about some of the, the uh, targets that he's finding with his team um, on the ground at the moment. Um, we've also got a lady called Tatiana Garcia who looks after all of our environmental and permitting working countries. So Tatiana's actually ex-government and she has written a lot of the... Um, I guess the, the process and rules and regulations around getting a mining project permitted. Um, she was on the other side of the fence. We've managed to grab her um, and she's working with all of our uh, external stakeholders um, and environmental consultants and the like to, to get El Zorro permitted. So um, we've got a very strong team. We're well equipped um, that's, uh, to, to move the project through to its next, next phase. And lastly, um, just wonder what the outlook is for the next sort of six, six to nine months to sort of mid, mid next year. Yeah, we've got a lot of work going on. Obviously, some of it's going to be contingent on what our market conditions are like. Obviously, we're you know across the board at the moment. I think we chatted before we went live around what um, how, how the world's looking at the moment. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out over the next six to twelve months. But certainly. Um, for us, we've got a, a couple of, you know, the main two milestones that we'll have coming up is an updated resource estimate, which we hope to have uh, towards the end of this year, um, and that'll feed into a scoping study and, a, you know, a, a 
provide some um, economics around what a, a gold project uh, will look like um, at El Zorro, um, and that'll provide the impetus, impetus for us to move through to feasibility, um, which will kick off next year. You know, and as usual with these these companies, you know, we're a bit like ducks. We look pretty bruisey on the surface, but there's a lot of uh, paddling going on under the water. And so, you know, there's lots of activity on site. I've just come back from Chile. Uh, we've got consultants there doing environmental baseline studies where we've got um, uh, flora specialists transplanting vulnerable cactuses and got teams of geologists running around finding new targets and you know we're delineating all of that and, and drilling some of our new targets which we're pretty excited about as well so there's plenty of work going on on the ground and it's going to be quite an exciting six to 12 months for us yeah <laughs> sounds exciting and um, obviously good luck for for the next six to 12 months and, and obviously the future looks like obviously you've got a strong management team there <clears throat> you're experienced in Chile as well so um, uh, all the best uh, for, the, for the coming months and into 2023 if our audience wants to reach out to you um, I wonder how they can go about doing that are you across any social media platforms obviously as I mentioned you're going to be at the, the Minds of Money show in London at the end of November so obviously people can um, come and obviously meet you in person if they've got any questions but for those that um, are listening how can they get in contact with you or if they want to find out more more information yeah sure so Tesoro is on LinkedIn and Twitter I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter so they're probably the two go-tos for for getting in contact um, you know we're, we're pretty sharp on all that stuff and getting back to people so uh, alternatively, go to our website, uh, tesoregold.com.au uh, and go to our uh, announcements platform and there's some um, information there on how to contact us as well. Yeah, we can include all those in the show notes accompanying this. So, um, um, yeah, they can uh, have easy access to get in contact with you. And you never know, they might even uh, meet you at, at the Minds and Money show. So, um, yeah, there's some potential. Yeah. So all the best. Thank you for thank you for um, your time. Those that are listening, appreciate you uh, your continued support. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Listen to obviously uh, what Tesoro Gold are doing in Chile. Chile, obviously in South America, is uh, obviously strong and rich in mining, um, as we've uh, obviously spoken about. So please share this episode amongst others in the industry. Um, and if you're going to the Mines and Money Show, obviously. Um, catch up with uh, Zeph when when he when you're there. So um, appreciate your continued support. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.